right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. We're joined by Gary Cavins at Cavins Construction to kick off our number two. We'll get back to the expanded playoff conversation. How have you, are we going to get some rain here? It looks like it rained this morning. It rained on me while I was Did outside. It? I got a few sprinkles, and I got really excited. It's funny. I got a few sprinkles, and I realized, oh, I need a new windshield wiper. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Yeah, I've been you using it. it for, like, weeks. Yeah, I've been, I've been sudden... using it forever, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, that's how it's been. Um, we, we missed you last week. We still had a chance to chat. How's it been going? Are you refreshed and re-energized and ready to go? I am. I am, most definitely. It was a fun week last week and um, ready to be back at it for sure. Have you had to worry about um, boyfriends yet? <laughs> no, not okay. yet. Thank goodness. Okay. I feel a bit better. I mean, it'll things. come eventually, but I'm. Um, but again, I'm a good dad here. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be kind to my. Hey, what, what good do I do being mean to the kid, right? No good. No I mean, good whatsoever. It's just part of the process. It's part of, it's part it's of the process. It's part of growing up. Gosh. It's part of, be, it's part of uh, adulting. I won't lie, though. There was a party that was like, I'm not ready for this. You're way too young. Um, I'm too young for this. So what are you doing? But uh, it is what it is. Take me through um, just the excitement of, of everything you have going on right now. Because as, as you describe it, Caven's unique. And when we look at the history of this place, Gary, it's not just uh, we'll build your building. Well, you can do that. It's... So multiverse, isn't it? It is. It is. We, you know, we're a uh, family-owned business. Me and Jessica Cavins own the business, and uh, I'm I founded the business, um, you know, almost 13 years ago now. And um, you know, we just uh, we love what we do. And you know, at some point in time, we've had pretty much every family member work for us. Uh, my dad uh, retired and then worked for us for a little while on the roofing side. Uh, my mom retired and worked for us on the HR side for a while. And then Jessica's dad uh, retired from the oil field and came and worked for us as a CDL driver. Wow. And he's still here. Uh, Jessica's mom works for us during the summer. She's a school teacher. And my sister worked for us for a couple of years. She came from Dallas and she worked here a couple of years and then went back. And then uh, Jessica's stepsister came in and worked for a little bit while she was kind of in between some jobs. So, you know, uh, we've always kind of, uh, we're a family business. We have, uh, you know, we've had family employees and, you know, the thing about it is, is that, you know, every family member, every employee, every customer, um, has shaped our company and help us become the company that we are now. Um, you know, and we are, you know, we do from, in the past, we've done multi-million dollar building projects to hourly maintenance projects, and we've done it all, and that's what, that is what's made us uh, the top-tier contractor that we are now, for sure. We it's, definitely... It's crazy. I, I, was, I hadn't really thought about that. You know, you look around. We talk family business, right? And, and my wife and I always talk, well, let's start a family business. Gary Cavins. Cavins truly is a family business, isn't it? Yes, it is. It truly is. And it and it has been for a long time. And that's why it's really important to us that, you know, we give back to the community. That's, you know, huge to us. And we talk about that all the time because we're always giving back to the community. Um, and, you know, we try to do that in every way we can and uh, take care of the community that's taken care of us for all these years. And, you know, what we really have kind of focused in on is uh, what we call our big four. It's our big four, and it's our main four divisions of construction uh, that we focus on at Cavens. We do many other types of construction, too, and mm -hmm. we're very versed in it, but these are the four main areas that we focus in. Uh, emergency construction, 
which is emergency boards uh, board up, uh, structural issues, car hitting buildings, tornadoes, earthquakes, um, etc. There, commercial building maintenance uh, from medical, industrial, retail, office buildings, um, and so many more. Uh, we do, uh, you know, any kind of building, commercial building maintenance, construction repair type work you need done on your business we can do it we have a professional crew that can do pretty much anything that you need and then we also have uh, a restoration and remediation uh, structural drying water extraction mold testing mold removal trima, uh, trauma <laughs> crime scene biohazard cleanup odor control air duct cleaning dryer vent cleaning and carpet cleaning so many things right there and that's you know, one of our main things that we kind of have been focusing focusing on. And then Caven's Roofing. Uh, we're a full-service roofer. We can uh, do from roofing replacement to roofing repairs. Um, and, you know, we've been doing roofing for a long time. I'm a second-generation roofer myself, and I understand the roofing process a lot more than most people do. And, and you said this last week when we were talking to you, Gary, and I think it bears repeating. You're constantly training. You're constantly in training. You're constantly finding – new ways to better understand response, remediation, mold. I mean, everything. You're, you're always learning, aren't you? I am. As a collective team that we are at Cavens, we're always learning. Uh, we're always – each one of us managers are all taking different classes and developing our skills, and then we're cross-training everybody, and we're always training. Every morning we have a meeting, and every morning we do a little bit of training in that meeting. Um, to continue the growth process of every employee. You know, if, if somebody comes on board as, uh, you know, a carpenter, we're going to cross-train them in many different aspects. If somebody comes on board as one of our licensed journeyman plumbers, uh, we're going to cross-train them too. We're going to cross-train everybody that works here so that we are effective as a team to help our customers in an emergency situation or any kind of situation that they might come across so that we can help them. You know, uh, it, and it's amazing, and we're a unique company in that aspect is because, you know, we are a plumbing company. We are a maintenance company. Mm -hmm. We are a roofing company. So the more we cross-train and develop our people, the more our people, when they're on site at a commercial business, hey, the plumber's out there. Well, that cabinet door's broken, and, and that other stuff's done. Can't, you know, since you're here, we're already paying for you to be here. We want to pay a little bit more. Can you go and fix that stuff for us? Yes, we can. And that makes us very unique because I can guarantee you there's not a plumbing company out there that cross trains <laughs> their plumbers to do that kind of work. And there, there just isn't. And, um, you know, and it's the same thing with the roofing. It's the same thing with everything. We value training. We value development and we value our customers and we look at how we can help cut customers in the most unique um, way possible to make sure that we're maximizing the, their value for their dollar um, before I let you go you we, we mentioned now the hopefully a change in the weather a bit but we're going to ramp back up to, to heat. And when we were talking to Jessica L. last week, she brought up, hey, you know, mold is still a major issue. Let's just real quick before I let you go the signs. If, if you're worried about this, you know, I'm, I'm getting worried about it in my home. Because, again, you see things and it sets off all kinds of alarms. Yes, you know, mold is one of those things where it, it does grow. It needs moisture to grow. And with all the heat and everything, it's definitely dried out. Um, a significant amount of what we, we would call groundwater intrusion, um, different things too. But what we're seeing right now is HVAC pans overflowing. 
uh, creating water and wall cavities and, and in ceilings, which are creating mold in closets and stuff like that. Um, so it's something, you know, if you have parts of your home or parts of your business that you go, don't go into every once in a while, go through them, walk through them, look for water staining on the ceiling, on the walls, uh, what wet carpet or water dripping down the walls and just kind of be proactive because that's the big thing right now is HVAC pans that the drains are clogged and they're just overflowing because there's so much water in them and the water has nowhere to go and everybody's running their AC right now. So that's kind of the mold issues, water extraction issues that we're seeing currently. I want to get you into the HVAC world, Gary. That's I'm ready to team up with you. Let's do this now. <laughs> After what I just had to spin on an air conditioner, I feel it. We can do this, Gary. We can do it. It's crazy. It's crazy, Chris. <laughs> it is crazy. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate you, man. You're the All man. Right. Thank you, Chris. Gary Cavins, Cavins Construction. We're here every single Thursday, as he said, family-owned and operated. And you got the big four. Emergency construction, commercial building maintenance, Cavens restoration and remediation, and Cavens roofing. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, uh, it's ten twelve on the home of Sooner fans. As far as news of the day, there really hasn't been too terribly much outside of the Cruton world. And uh, Travis Davidson's going to join us at the bottom of this hour to kind of get us caught up on things. Joey Helmer at eleven a.m. But everything that seems to be percolating and emerging from last night, Josh, it looks like it's incredibly good news for Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Travis told you on the Locked On Sooners podcast, told us yesterday, um, this has the potential to be a massive class for Oklahoma. We're talking, what, 2026, 20, maybe in a, as many as 27? Yeah, anywhere from that. 25 to 28 range, I think, is realistic for Oklahoma. They're already at 17 commits right now. So they're in good shape, man. Really good shape. Been wild to watch. And I guess the biggest story of them all is is the weather. Please let it be the weather. It rained a little bit on my way in. But I guess we're also in this situation, Josh, to where even the slightest bit of rain, you're like, this is the greatest thing ever. But I don't – I mean, I've got 82 degrees right now where I am, which it feels amazing outside. But I could uh, I could do with a little bit more rain here in the Goldsby, OKC, Norman area, if you know what I mean. I hear you. Yeah, we need, we need rain. We need cooler temps, man. I am so ready for fall. Dude, it was hot. I mean, it was just dumb hot yesterday. Stupid hot. Uh, but hopefully getting a break today. Oh, and I and I forgot to mention, the latest person to jump to live golf is Bubba Watson. Josh, as our golf guy, as the host of the Gimme Zone Saturday mornings on our flagship, KRUF and Norman, uh, your thoughts? Makes sense for Bubba Watson. Go get your cash while you still can. This is not you know, any more a massive ad, I don't think, for the Live Golf Tour. It's Bubba Watson, who's a two-time Masters champion, but, boy, that was a, a long time ago that he did that in the Masters, and he hadn't really been all that competitive worldwide. It makes sense why the Live Tour would want him. I don't think this is uh, altogether damaging like some of the other defections have been for the PGA Tour. It's interesting because – I heard it I was listening to Oh I was listening to a media podcast yesterday R and and Marshand John Oren and, and Andrew Marshand and 
they were speculating what you think an offer would have been like to Tiger Woods. Because, I mean, he doesn't need it, right? And he's been an outspoken advocate for the PGA and, and everything of that nature. But, I mean, you're you – know, Charles Barkley, we're going to find out, I guess, something by the end of the week. But could you imagine what that offer might look like for a Tiger Woods? Present day, Tiger Woods, they're not saying at the height of Tiger's power. They're saying right now. No, no, they're just saying right now. I mean, because to me, he's just as – listen, he's not winning golf tournaments, but he's still as popular as ever. Yeah, gosh. I I mean, more than what some of these current players have gotten, no doubt. I mean, are we talking like 500 mil? I don't think so, man. I I would say – Several hundred million, yes. But I mean, if you're allegedly giving a hundred to Dustin Johnson, and that's instant cred, man. If you have Tiger there, anyway. I I have, I thought I bring it up because to segue then quickly from golf to TV deals. Before we grab a break, and before we get to your Air Comfort Solutions text, and then Travis at the bottom of the hour. What network is? Well, I don't want to play this trivia. CBS, CBS. CBS is constantly mentioned as a player in the college football rights slash arms race, correct? I mean, we agree. They lost the SEC, and they've been connected to a Big Ten package. They've been connected to a – well, they've been connected to a Big Ten package, and some have speculated Notre Dame, correct? I mean, this isn't something that we're making up, Josh. We've heard CBS in this mix, right? CBS in the mix, absolutely, which would make sense. I mean, you would think that they have a pretty legitimate interest in remaining in the college football game now that they, of course, are no longer the SEC's partner going forward. Well, your boy had some time yesterday to catch up on some podcasts. That's good. That's and, good for this show. And I was listening to uh, – James Mill, James Andrew Miller, and he was on an old episode of the uh, Jimmy Trainer podcast, and he theorized that CBS isn't in any of these conversations right now. And in fact, he went as far as saying there's so many problems behind the scenes right now with their parent company that if the Tony Romo deal was up today, it wouldn't happen. So it it was kind of one of – in fact, I went back. I was like, whoa, <laughs> if, if I was sitting in my living room, I'd be like, rewind that, rewind that, go back to – but I'm by myself, so I had to rewind a few uh, a few spots. And he said, listen, there, there are some major issue right now with, with the parent company for, for CBS. And I guess I wasn't – really truly aware of these but in his mind he doesn't think that they can be in the business of just going out and throwing money around when it gets into a race like that could so I'm not saying that change I mean this is my greatest question in all of this because everyone that likes to throw these things out. It's like, you're going to build a 20-team conference, and they're going to pay you all the money. At what point do TV networks say, man, we ain't got no more money. You know, we're paying this much to the NFL, and we're, you, you hear about the, the amount of money that's being poured, and I get it. 
billion dollar advertisements coming in and in those budgets. But Josh, at what point might a network be in a position that it appears Paramount's in right now to where they say we're out? I mean, there's a point where everyone, I mean, everyone eventually reaches a point outside of like an Elon Musk where it's too rich for their blood or it's not a good investment anymore. And I feel like we're continuing to kind of it, – it, now, is it bleed the turnip? One of those analogies. But is there a point where – again, it's a good investment because everyone's watching sports, but is there a point where it gets a little bit too rich for the blood of some networks like, say, a CBS, if they don't have the true financial footing that appears they do? You would wonder that, yes. I mean, uh, ESPN especially, right? I mean – how much can ESPN just continue to invest into college sports? I, I just I don't know. With the price of what a college football playoff would potentially look like, then again, if if that's kind of your primary sports investment, then then maybe you can. I, I don't know. That's an interesting interesting question. And CBS, of course, just like Fox, though. I mean, we we know Fox is very much. Uh, a player for the Big Ten, and guess what? It's not as though Fox is not a massive, massive partner of the National Football League as well. Here, And by the way, just to give a quick little background, because I know I'm being kind of vague on this, Paramount Global has been downgraded to an advertising risk. So it's it, it's been talked about yet. I, I mean, we could we could really nerd out if we wanted to, but here's a quote. Media investors are feeling something similar as they try to decipher the timing and shape of potential economic slowdown. To be clear, those worries are not fanciful, rather a bevy of concerning advertising data points. So with that in mind, Paramount Global stock got got downgraded on growing list, uh, growing risk of lower advertising, they they might be in a little bit of trouble right now. They're believed to be the first victim in terms of stock outlook that underperformed and lowered their sector earnings. So again, I'm not saying this suddenly takes them out of everything, but you know, Paramount Plus, CBS. Gosh, Pluto TV, Pluto TV is in this mix. Nickelodeon, BET. I mean, it. I, I wonder, we sit here so much and just imagine all these networks having unlimited resources, but is there a point where the parent company, Paramount Global, says, yeah, no, we're not paying that. We can't afford, we can't risk doing that right now with how we're being viewed in the world of, uh, of advertising money. It's a reality, Josh. Sure there is. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, we got a break. It's 1022. See what happens when I overlisten to media podcasts. I nerd out with things like uh, declining revenue projections, which could end up costing. And listen, I'm not saying it's going to hurt the Big Ten. The Big Ten's still getting paid. Okay, they're still going to get a massive deal. I just think it might take one of the suitors out of the conversation. I think it becomes a... A Fox deal, Fox is going to drive the bus on it, 
And then it's whether or not the Big Ten still wants a piece of ESPN or vice versa, or if NBC wants to jump in and have a, a primetime element to its Notre Dame package. It's, it's all part of the fun. Travis Davidson talking recruiting at the bottom of the hour. Joey Helmer coming up at 11, the Plank Show, on the road at Cavens Construction on a Thursday. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. We're live at Cavens Construction. Quick segment here. Travis is going to join us after the uh, bottom of the hour to talk a bit about the Cruton night that was and what's ahead for Oklahoma. Also, Joey Helmer from OUinsider.com at 10, I'm sorry, at 11 a.m. this morning and then our top five stories today presented by Newcastle Casino. As the kids like to say, Josh, show's over. Show's over. It's done, baby. Finish line. We made it. True Sooner, what's going on, True? Welcome to the show. How are you on this Thursday? Hey, man, doing good. We're getting a pretty good rain out here in Utah right now. Can't believe it. Well, we're not in Norman, and we're not. Unless, well, maybe we are. No, we're not in Norman. But enjoy it. Embrace it, True. You deserve it. Oh, I am. am, Believe me, I'm I'm enjoying every second now. Hey, I was going to ask you. Okay, so the 16-team playoff. Yes. Okay, so how does that impact? Because I think it's a positive impact, but how does that impact the, the future scheduling of these coaches? Because I feel like, and I felt like this for a while, that these coaches are going to, am I crazy to think they're going to play a better schedule early on? I mean, we're going to see some matchups, kind of like in basketball, college basketball, where you see some of these Oklahoma, Arkansas, or Duke, you know, sure. Kentucky matchups, Michigan. To me, I feel like that, you know, because you don't have the risk of, wow, if we lose a game, we may not make this final four. It seems like it's going to toughen you. Do you think it'll be a – is it going to be a play a team-by-team, team, uh, you know, difference, or is it going to be – because I could see Venables playing. I could see him wanting to schedule some tough teams, even though you're going into the SEC or you're playing in the SEC. What's your, what, what do you guys think about that? Uh, Josh, I don't know about you, but I think it, I think you'll continue to see a schedule up twofold. Number one, that's part of the reason why you're seeing the conferences uh, and, and the TVs pay like they are because you're getting as I like you're getting bangers every week. You're getting big time matchups, and these networks want that. They want the best of the best to play each other because they get the highest ratings. Thus, they can make the most money back on their ad dollars. So, yeah, I think you're still going to see big time matchups. I mean, listen, here's the thing. I mean. I, we're spoiled to begin with because, uh, like, week zero, there's one good matchup, Nebraska-Northwestern, and, and maybe a couple of other games. But you already have people complaining about, well, there's just not any good games in week one. Like, Notre Dame's playing Ohio State, right? Oregon's no, playing Georgia. And people are like, yeah. are there any good games in week one? You're like, what, what are we doing? So no one's ever going to be happy, regardless of what you do. But in the end – you're going to play better games. And I, I think that it's still going to be, if we have three non-conference games, I still think it's going to be the philosophy that many um, that many feel. It's going to be a, a game that's a national game where you're really challenged, a game maybe a little bit more regional, and then a game that you're going to roll. I still think that – I still think you're going to see teams schedule up. I really do. But, again I, – I, I wish the networks – I wish the networks or whoever would kind of get together and, and this stuff where you've got three or four great games on one Saturday and then you have zero great games the next week, it seems like it would benefit uh, to, to spread those out a little bit too. Because I've noticed sure. that the last few years that there's been, you know, OU playing Texas on one day and Florida playing Georgia the same day and Texas playing Texas or whoever. I just, and then the next week you don't, and then you got nobody. You know, 
you know. Well, I would take nobody right now this weekend over what I'm going to have to end up watching on Saturday, but that's just me. Uh, I get what you're saying, True, and I appreciate your phone call, man. Stay dry out there. can't believe I'm having to say stay dry out there. That's that's a beautiful thing. But I will say, Josh, it will be very interesting if 16 is the number. And knowing in a 16-team playoff, two, three, that could be as many as, what, four extra games, what's the future of a conference championship game? What's the future of, you know, scheduling? Do you say, hey, okay, we're going to play 12 games, or do you say, no, we're only going to play 11? I mean, I don't see it going back. I don't see it going backwards, right? But I think it's a fascinating conversation because I just don't know. I don't know. I would assume that you're still going to see the banger matchups. You hope. And it place like Oklahoma, Joe Castiglione, as long as he's here running the show, then Oklahoma's not going to shy away from powerful non-conference opponents giving fans what they want, which is – Great home-and-home series with long-time, historic, prestigious powers in the game of college football. And that's whether or not the SEC is what it is right now with 16 and whatever the schedule winds up looking like for Oklahoma, or if it expands. Now, the one thing that could threaten that is getting to the point to where, again, as the SEC expands, that basically you don't really have non-conference games in the future. I think what you talked about with the conference championships right there, right now, Mm. if things stay where we're at, right, where you got 16-team Big Ten, 16-team SEC, you still have a purpose for a conference championship game in both the Big Ten and the SEC. You start getting to, and, and maybe this will even be the case at 20 or 24 for those two respective leagues, at some point you kind of get to the point to where yeah, the networks will probably want those conference championship games, but do you really need them if you get to that type of bloated sort of conferences? I mean, basically, you can have the championship games be a part of a playoff. Right. Right. Exactly. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's talk Cruton. 405-329-9000. Hit us up on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. But we're talking recruiting with our man Travis Davidson. You hear him on Locked In. You hear him on... Uh, Fridays on the rush. He's next with us on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back to the Plank Show. We're on the road at Cavens on a Thursday with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank, and you hear him every Friday on the rush. Travis Davidson is our guest at Travis Skull on Twitter. Now, uh, I got to be honest with you, Travis. I wasn't really too hip with what was going down last night, uh, just from knowing that the massive nature of this event. But kind of take us through the sooner is under the lights and what was the whole benefit and genesis of this event and, and how well it worked out. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it uh, as always. Time, um, but with, with this event and, and the reason some of these events kind of get uh, maybe overlooked uh, by a lot of people is that they're the mainly underclassmen that are filling them. Right. We've been in the throes of the 2023 class. We're talking, you know, is Peyton Bowen a flip candidate? What's David Hicks doing? Like, Cecilia Khan is a new name on the – everybody's been so wrapped up with the 2023 class, and rightfully so, 
um, that sometimes looking ahead to the 2024 and even the 2025 classes um, can kind of go under the radar. And, th- and that's what this really was. Uh, it was an opportunity from a lot of kids uh, from around the country and a, a ton from the state of Texas uh, to come up, um, kind of have a, a, a unique event, not, not our typical, you know, champion barbecue or anything like that. Um, want, want to kind of separate those out a little bit to provide different experiences as they continue uh, to come back on their visits. But, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of young talent, a lot of some 2025 offers went out, uh, some really notable ones, uh, in my opinion. And then, obviously, the most notable uh, offer uh, went out that everybody was waiting on in 2024. So um, they were the, – the, uh, the coaches were definitely uh, – about their business last night. It wasn't just getting to know kids. They're they're making offers. So with that in mind, Travis, 2024 offer that everybody was waiting on, 2025 offers that caught your attention, who were some of those names? Well, the 2025 guys uh, that stuck out, uh, Dalen McCutcheon from uh, from Lovejoy, uh, just outside of Allen, uh, 2025 wide receiver. Um, and then you've got from Houston, Texas, Devin Sanchez, uh, he's a he's already six two. He's going to be twenty twenty five recruit. Getting those early offers, we don't have a ton of twenty twenty five offers out right now. So identifying that early um, is definitely is definitely something that I like to see. But the offer I'm talking about is one Michael Hawkins. Um, so um, he's obviously you know you legacy um, and. Uh, from Allen, obviously, where Kyle Murray played football famously. Uh, Kevin Murray is one of his trainers. It's all setting up nicely for him to end up in Norman. But what everybody was waiting on specifically was whether or not with DJ Lagway offered, Van Buren offered, whether or not Hawkins was going to get that offer this week. Because it was, you know, in his past class, we had Jackson Arnold and Jake Rashada um, that um, – you know, it was kind of first to the punch um, who we could, you know, whoever said first, that was who was going to get the, get the commitment. So with that being said, if Hawkins pulls the trigger, it, it's going to be all his. In your opinion, Travis, because we're all we're learning about the new guys, right? We're learning about Jay Valai. We're learning about Miguel Chavis. We're learning about Brandon Hall. Which of kind of the new assistants has really caught your eye in the in, in the buzz you're hearing from potential student athletes from future Sooners? Who seems to be really knocking it out of out of the park from one of the newer assistants' perspective? Oh man, uh, I mean Miguel Chavez is the easy answer. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, not only the players that are on the team, uh, obviously Ethan Downs has had nothing but incredible things uh, to say about him, and not only his role on the field but off the field. Um, but Jay Belay is is carrying a big stick in recruiting. I mean, I, when I reached out to um, some guys like Micah Tees and Gentry when that hire first happened, it it definitely caught their attention. And and Micah even was like, "Wow, I didn't even, you know, we had heard some rumors, but that's amazing." I mean, he has a lot of sway in the Southeast um, as we're seeing that uh, kind of come to fruition. And if he's able to lock up uh, Mr. Macari Vickers. Um, top 100 overall player um, in the tw- in the 2023 class, safety uh, out of Florida. If he's able to lock him up over uh, the schools like Alabama and Michigan, then that's just going to be another pelt on his wall that 
um, that will, will will definitely get noticed by every other recruit in the, in in that rich southeast. That would be a huge get for Oklahoma, and anytime there's that type of defensive commitment, I think it's very very exciting. Even still now for Oklahoma fans, at least early on in this this Venables tenure here. You mentioned uh, obviously Vickers there. What else for the twenty three class? What do you? I, I know this was. 2024-2025 class type of event, but as we project toward the finish line here with 23, what are you still wanting to see? What are you kind of waiting on over these next couple of months? Honestly, uh, you know, the, the names have, have, have been out there. The Cecilia Connors, um, David Hicks obviously being kind of the, you know, the big prize that everybody's waiting on, everything like that. But actually what intrigues me the most personally is – who are going to be those four or five guys that fill out this class um, that we aren't talking about right now? Um, you know, if, if you just sign all the guys that have kind of been either crystal balled or rumored or anything like that, that puts you at uh, 22, maybe 23. We all agree that we're going to have upwards of 26, 27 kids in this class. Well, with that, who are those names we're not knowing? Is it somebody that's committed to another school? Are there multiple that are committed to another school? Is this, you know, Ahmad Moten and, and Mason, R. Mason Thomas, all this kind of stuff? They're, they're going to come, and there are going to be names that drop in December, January. Maybe they're fast risers that aren't on our radar yet. Maybe they just started playing football. We've seen this year in and year out. So I think with OU playing well this year, they're going to catch a lot of attention specifically from guys that are playing at places that maybe have been known to recruit well but then kind of fall on their face when the season comes around. Travis, uh, a couple more quick ones and we'll get you out of here. First of all, I think this is the most important question of the day. I need to know how in the world you found out that a peanut butter relish and cheese sandwich was good. Was it something that you accidentally backed into? Uh, what what was it that actually kind of opened your taste buds up to that? Uh, it was uh, – now we're asking the real questions. I was wondering how That's long right. it was going to take. Um, Nitty-gritty stuff. It really – hard-hitting journalism. It, it it really was a family thing. My dad had always made the sandwiches, and, and huh. you know, it was road trips. I was born in Minnesota, so we'd often road trip um, back and forth, uh, you know, Oklahoma to Minnesota, um, taking those long drives. So you always pack some sandwiches, right? So some of the sandwiches that we had were always peanut butter, cheese, and relish, and I, I just, I always thought, you know, when you're a kid, when your family does stuff, like you just assume it's, it's normal because you don't, you don't go and eat sandwiches with every person you meet. So, uh, you know, you can just assume it's normal. So I always enjoyed it. And then once I kind of started getting older, they're like, man, that's really weird. I'm like, well, y'all are missing out. I actually did take some over to a buddy's house. We were watching a, watching a Mayweather fight, and uh, you know, they were knocking me. I said, all right, cool. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make some, and I'm gonna bring them over. Well, I brought him over, and you know he he knocked him at first, but I kept on I kept an eye on him. He kept on going back to him. I cut him <laughs> cut him into little triangles. And I kept I, he kept on going over and snacking. By the time the night was done, he probably had four sandwiches worth of them. So it's people don't want to admit it, but but they're delicious. And then finally, so no one gets mad at me for wasting my time talking about sandwiches when I get Travis on the show. What's next? Uh, is there more stuff going on this weekend that we need to be keeping an eye open and an ear open for, Travis? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, hosting a ton of, of top talent, especially 2023 um, talent, 
in Norman that'll be, you know, the party in the palace, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there have been rumblings that there may be, even if there's not a commitment being announced, that there may be commitment video footage being shot Ooh. at the party in the palace. So um, looking down at that visitor list, you kind of try and put two and two together. Who could it be? Um, there's going to be a lot of a lot of our top targets there. Um, so yeah, just keep an eye out for that. Obviously, we've got uh, the commitment of Derek LeBlanc uh, tonight. Hopefully, that goes our way. A lot of people have reason to believe that it will, um, myself included in that. So it's we're only going to keep rising with this class. And if you notice through the month of July, it has not been a bunch of three star and unranked guys. Not a lot of them. It, the majority have been blue chip guys and blue chip defenders. You know, we've got. West Coast, I think we have as many blue-chip recruits from the West Coast as USC does, and by the time this cycle is over, we might have just as many uh, blue-chip defenders from the state of Florida than maybe, say, like a Florida State would be, something like that. It really shows you what this staff is really spreading their wings and uh, and looking to go coast-to-coast. Great stuff. Travis, look forward to Friday on the rush. Uh, Enjoy a couple days of calm, hopefully, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. I appreciate you guys. See you, Travis. It's Travis Davidson. You hear him every Friday on The Rush. Good stuff. A lot of names. A lot of names. Exciting weekend, too. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you one thing. I mentioned about assistants. You hear a lot about Javis. I hear a lot about Jay Valai, Josh. A lot about Jay Valai. And I finally had a chance to meet him during the ladies' event. And he's just – I have a feeling he's going to become a – a fan favorite pretty quickly. Great family, good dude, great energy, great passion. Um, and what? Did, how did Teddy describe him? Strong as S. The dude is like an absolute spark plug. So <laughs> good stuff from Travis. Anything uh, you want to add on the Cruton side? Or are you ready to wrap up uh, this hour? Should be a fun weekend then, right? I mean, what he said right there. I mean, folks may be uh, shooting some – Commitment videos, that should excite everybody that there's more good news potentially very quickly on the way. Follow Travis on Twitter at Travis Skoll, S-K-O-L. Always great information and hear him live here on The Ref every Friday. Quick break. We're back with your Air Comfort Solutions text to wrap up hour number two next. All right, let's answer some questions off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. Hey, serious question, and again, I'm not hating on it. Has anything received more coverage and promotion than the Derek Jeter thing on ESPN, the 19-part series on the career of Derek Jeter? <laughs> it's up there, right? It's got to be in the mix. I feel like every, it's right up there with the Tom Brady one. But I will say I probably will watch tonight because one of my all-time favorite moments is Pedro Martinez throwing Don Zimmer to the ground, and then, of course, the Dave Chappelle joke that goes with it. Though I uh, I can't wait to watch that. Who is, who's the guy that does ESPN's soccer coverage? Do you have any idea? It used to be Ian Drake. Or well, Ian Dark. Sorry, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. I think so. It was hilarious. They, the other day, they they had some sort of rain delay in their you know television coverage, and they said – he said, 
whoever their soccer guy was. And now we send you to Derek Jeter. And, like, yeah, to you dark. The, it was so funny. He's awesome. And then they brought it back, and he said, sorry to interrupt your coverage of Derek Jeter, but we're about ready to play. It was, am- <laughs> it was amazing how he handled the toss to and from. He probably had no idea. It's like, you throw it to Jeter. I'm throwing it to Jeter? What? Um. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. All right, this is from Kevin in Tulsa. Kevin writes: With a twelve to sixteen team playoff, you'd have issues with fan bases being able to afford to go. Even worse for teams that make it to the eventual championship game. Ah, 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 Kevin! Welcome to my one-step plan to fix that. Home sites for the first two games. You're welcome. Now that makes it tougher for the visiting teams, but and that's what it's supposed to be, right? That's what it's supposed to be. So to me, if we're talking 16 or even 12, you're playing a first round at a home site. That's just the re- – and maybe even a second round. The, the, I love the Bulls. I love the Bulls. The football games, the, the, the bowl games. Uh, and the, the reality is it's a broken system. The Bulls are great for schools like my alma mater to get a reward – the Bulls are great for Mac schools, um, a Vanderbilt if they ever get there. The Bulls aren't great for primetime, big-time viewing. And that's just – we evolve. We evolve as a sport. And I know that sucks for the Fiesta Bowl, and I know that sucks for, I don't know, the, the, the Peach Bowl or whatever, but it's just – unless you're part of the playoffs, it's just not – it's not a massive money-making event. And it's getting harder to go to these games too. So I think in some way, shape, or form, the Bulls still exist. But it's it's a different level. The playoffs are going to be where it's at. And I don't care about, well, what about a first-round game being the Liberty Bowl? No. No. First and second-round games are rewards for home teams. And it puts more money back in the pocket of those who are hosting. Now, some might say, well, if it's run by – either the NCAA or the college football system or whatever it's going to be, then won't they make the money? I think it'll be worked out where the schools at host end up getting a nice little cut of it. But that's just me. Well, that's an interesting angle in and of itself. What does that mean for the future of college football if we do get to that point where you got first and second round home games? You talk about the rich getting richer, and that's already happening with what these TV contracts are going to look like in the Big Ten and SEC. I would imagine a lot of those schools hosting are going to be from the Big Ten and SEC. So that's just another piece of the cash pie that they're getting that other people aren't. Ah, um, Bowl games were supposed to give us matchups we don't usually see with expanded playoffs. It ensures that the fans get these matchups without opt-outs. Quick break. Hour three with Joey Helmer to kick it off next on the ref.